Welcome to Everything Imaginable, a podcast for curious minds on KGRA Radio. And here is your host, Gary Cochilillo. Welcome everyone to another episode of Everything Imaginable. I'm your host, Gary Cacciolillo, and today we have Melanie Barnum on the show today. She is a psychic medium, but most importantly, she has written books on how to develop your own psychic abilities and how to learn how to do it yourself. Um, I believe the first book I read of yours was uh, the, the Pocket Little Book of beginner of mediumship or something like that. <laughs> I'm so bad with the name, but that was the first one. And then I've been reading your uh, Beyond Beginners book lately. So thank you for taking the time to be on today. Oh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. So um, when did you discover that you were like, you had these abilities or was this something that, that, that you were curious about and developed on your own? So I was always able to read people. And it's something that I thought other people did. I thought that that was normal. You mm-hmm. know, I just kind of read the energy. Um, I didn't realize that everybody didn't do that naturally. I was never, um, you know, physically hurt or I never got struck by lightning or any of that stuff. Um, I was lucky. But what happened was a little over 20 years ago, um, I felt like I was hit over the head, literally. And I heard the words, you have to do this work now. And, and I kind of said, what? <laughs> and I looked around, you know, I was holding my infant daughter and I kind of looked around and said, what? But I knew the second that they said that I knew what was coming. I knew what that was about. And I had always been very interested in psychic ability. I'm getting goosebumps actually, as I'm uh-huh. saying this, um, I had always been very interested in psychic ability and um, I always believed in it. Uh, but I didn't think that I had what they needed you know, they being the ones that kind of hit me over the head. And I questioned it because I came from a different kind of background. I had been the controller of a company. Mm -hmm. I had just opened my own business, my own children's store, um, because I wanted to be able to spend time with my, my daughter. And, you know, I had that whole kind of rational, normal, um, brain thing going on. And I said, there's no way I'm just going to open a, you know, a shop and hang out a shingle that says psychic. Like, that's just crazy to me. But that first, and I'm getting tingly. I don't have bugs. It's, this is what happens when, you know, they're kind of validating what I'm saying. Um, I set about to kind of learn everything that I could at that point, because I knew it was inevitable. Um, I knew just from that first contact from that first voice, Um, And that first feeling, that overwhelming feeling that gave me goosebumps, which again, I have full Mm -hmm. on right now. um, I knew that this was something that I had to do. And I wanted to be able to kind of figure out the science behind it and, and why, why this is possible and how this works, Mm -hmm. because I didn't, I didn't want to be one of those, you know, kind of woo woo psychics that just says, Oh, I'm a psychic. I can do whatever you want. Um, Not that that's bad. You know, for some people that works, but for me, I was very kind of rational and I was stuck in that, that kind of mindset where, you know, I need to know, I need to practice, I need to learn. And so I did that. I set out and started taking classes and workshops and figured out that, yeah, this really is what I'm supposed to do. (laughs) So when you first heard this voice telling you that this was what you were supposed to do, did you question, did you say like, 
Shit, I'm hearing voices. Maybe I'm just uh, losing my mind and have to go see it shrink or something like that. Well, that's an interesting thought, which never occurred to me, to be honest. Like, I never <laughs> once thought that. Um, and nobody's ever asked me that until you. So thanks for that, Gary. Um, <laughs> and actually, a lot of people feel that way when they yeah. start to hear messages. But no, I didn't think that. I just thought that they were crazy. I, I thought, you know, I think you hit the wrong person over the head. Like, what are you talking about? You know, I'm I'm the controller. Like, I was an accountant. I was an accountant. <laughs> Accountants uh-huh. don't do psychic work. Like, what are you talking about? Yeah. That, so that's that, cool. I thought that, you know, they were crazy. I didn't I didn't think that I was crazy. Huh. I thought they were crazy. But it's amazing that you heard them and you didn't question it. You know, like, even, like, like for me, um, like I've always read tarot cards and, uh, mm-hmm. but I never actually heard anything until I started like recently, I started this pod, you know, I have the podcast and I talk to, you know, at least two or three psychics a week now. And, uh, and one day I say, all right, you know, I'm going to try one of these methods. I want to, you know, do the chakra thing and send out a question and, and see what happens. And I did it. And the answer was clear as a bell I mean, it was loud and i was like oh shit yeah <laughs> this is real <laughs> we're all nuts <laughs> well i mean it could be a little of both <laughs> <laughs> but, but but it was really really amazing like just it was clear you know and um one of the things ways too that that uh, with, with uh, psychics is what I like about like you and, and, and there's a few others that I've interviewed is that you you teach people how to do it rather than just give people readings. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what what made you kind of go in that direction other than um, becoming like uh, I don't know the uh, the Long Island medium or something like that? Um, well, I think part of it is just kind of my natural. Um, sense of who I am and what I like to do. So part of it is just that I really am kind of a natural teacher mm-hmm. um, and I enjoy that and I enjoy helping other people. Um, you know, I, I used to question whether it was, you know, the teacher teaches because they can't do. And I've always kind of questioned, um, you know, I've been doing this for over 20 years, like I said, like professionally for over 20 years. And I still question myself, like in my own abilities, even though, you know, I've done probably a hundred thousand readings and written many, many books. And, you know, I know I get the hits all the time. So I know that, you know, I'm doing it, but what's interesting to me is that it feels like, um, and I, you know, I get the validation from the clients and all that great stuff, but it feels to me like it's part of my calling. So teaching other people that they can also do what I do, you know, I'm not necessarily to the extent that I do it mm-hmm. um, and, you know, not quitting their jobs and becoming a professional psychic. Yeah. Um, but I just feel like other people are always asking me, like, how do you do this? And so, you know, it, it makes me question, like I said, it makes me question, how do I do it? And it makes it, it makes it easier for me to kind of explain it by teaching others how to do it for themselves. Mm-hmm. And again, you know, I'm just kind of a natural teacher. I like to, to help other people and to present, you know, opportunities and ways for them to do it for themselves. Um, and so I, I enjoy that part of it. Um, like, like you make you hit a key point. One of the key points that I think you just hit is like not everybody wants to become a professional psychic. 
But almost everybody is curious about the topic, and a lot of people like to experiment with, with different things. Um, like, like for me, example, you know, I would never really want to be a professional psychic, but I do like the idea of being more intuitive so I could do better podcast interviews. Yeah, of course. Of course. Um, so, so do you ever talk to people? Like, like what are some of the motive, motivations that, that you hear from people of wanting to learn other than becoming a professional psychic? Uh, well, there's a lot. And, you know, one of the, the questions that I get from people who um, aren't quite sure, they want to know, you know, if I can give them the lotto numbers. Like, that's one of the big ones. You know, they're a little skeptical. So, you know, they want to know if, if this is real, like you can give me the numbers, which unfortunately doesn't seem to happen for me. Um, but it's also, you know, they want to do it because they feel something's going on. You know, mm -hmm. they have like that little kind of that little kind of voice or that little kind of knowing or that little kind of feeling that, wait. I knew this was going to happen or, you know, I felt that person wasn't so great or I felt like an instant connection to that, that group of people. And they want to know what that is. And again, I just got goosebumps. So when you get goosebumps, obviously it's kind of validation that what you're talking about is either true and accurate or that spirit is present and around, um, which is one of the things that I teach. So, you know, be open to that, Gary, those goosebumps, those the itchy, you know, <laughs> feeling in the head, um, but yeah, it's it's more about there's there's kind of that interest already. Like they want to kind of understand. They want to understand what this is. And a lot of times people come to me because they experience a lot of synchronicities or synchronistic right. events. And you know, that's that's very common. And once you recognize that it's a synchronistic event, all of a sudden you start getting more. <laughs> and then everything just kind of starts downloading, right? So you start yes. to have more of those events and you start to get more information. Um, and you want to kind of understand, like they want to understand what is going on. Like, what is this? You know? Yeah. It, it's like synchronicities are, are incredible, like how they happen. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I mean, it happens Absolutely. to me all, happens to me more now than ever, especially since I started the podcast. Like, it's like every day I have some kind of, thing happened to me or somebody contacted me that, that no way really should happen you know um and it's, it's and, and you know to me it's just a sign like, like that's the way i have to should be following it's what, what the, the direction that i'm meant to be going um one of the, the uh topics that you talk a lot about in your book is energy um Oh wait! Uh, before I ask, ask that, like, you mentioned the, the the lottery number thing, and you know, it's kind of funny. I always laugh when I, I hear that. Um, you know, when I, when I read tarot cards and people ask me like like that kind of stuff, I, I will always respond that uh, you're only going to find out what the universe wants you to know. And, and do you think that's true? Do you think like like, like I don't think people are going to receive any information from a medium or psychic or any other source that's not meant for them to know. Cause you are basically here to learn and there are certain things we're not supposed to know because otherwise it defeats the purpose for us to be learning our life lessons. Well, I also think that some things, you know, we're not necessarily meant to learn, not because we're not meant to learn them, but because it just kind of clouds us Yeah, and it clouds our, our kind of path. And mm -hmm. 
you know, like you said, um, maybe we're not meant to, you know, to win the lotto because if we, if I were to win the lotto now, I think I am meant to win the lotto. <laughs> However, the universe may have other plans for me, but I also feel like if I were, if I were to win the lotto, there's a lot of things that I wouldn't do yeah. that I I'm doing now. And there's a lot of things that I might kind of neglect mm-hmm. instead of working on. Um, and, you know, as you said, I mean, I have a bunch of books that I have my eighth book coming out. So if I were to the, to win the lotto, maybe I would stop writing, you know, um, not that I make a ton of money off, off of writing, but yeah. maybe, you know, I would start doing other things instead of kind of developing further and helping other people who read my books. Um, so maybe it's not about me. Maybe mm-hmm. not hitting the lotto is about everybody else that, that reads my books and, and learns a little bit from them or everybody else that comes to me for a session um, and I help them. And I think that that is a big part of, you know, why we don't always get what we want, Um, (laughs) you know, but I also think that, you know, sometimes we do get what we want. We just don't know what it is that we need, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like if I were to win the lotto, I would probably quit this podcast, quit my job. And find a really nice island somewhere. I'd probably have to go to Cozumel and, and probably just chill for the rest of my life. Yeah. But if I were to do that, I wouldn't really be helping anybody either. Exactly. And I think that that's a big part of it. Not that we, you know, we're not just meant to be here to help everybody else. We're meant to be here to learn, like you said, to learn for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot to it. You know, there's a lot to... Um, there's a lot that goes into what we are able to do and what we're not able to do. And I also believe very strongly that, you know, I believe in manifesting, Mm -hmm. but I also think that, you know, I feel very, very strongly, like I said, that we have to be present in our lives to be able to manifest. Uh So even though I say, you know, manifesting is, is kind of creating something out of nothing and bringing that, bringing that energy to you or bringing something to you that you want without really having to do much for it, the universe is going to take care of it for you. You still have to be present. So, you know, if you say, I want to make $50,000 next year, and all of a sudden you get offered a new job and that pay happens to be $50,000, don't walk away and say, oh, well, no, I'm going to manifest $50,000. That was the universe putting it in your life so that you could (laughs) manifest it. But I tell people all the time, like, you have to participate in your life and you have to be present. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think that that's maybe lessons that we wouldn't have, say, if we won the lotto, you know? if we went out to Cozumel and bought that, that property, because we may not end up being present in our lives enough to know, you know, what lessons it is that we need to learn or, you know, the things that we need to understand before we can kind of move on from this existence. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Without the uh, struggle, um, at least for some of us, we probably wouldn't learn things that we're supposed to or accomplish things that we're supposed to. Now I am going to say, I don't think we need, you know, I don't think everybody needs to struggle as much as we do. I think that a lot of times what happens is that we um, are kind of swimming upstream, you know, we're moving, we're, we're going in a direction mm-hmm. that makes it harder for us. We don't follow the flow of our intuition, which is telling us to do something different than what we're doing. So that struggle that we have, you know, whether it's financial, whether it's career, whether it's relationship, health, um, whatever it may be, family, we have these obstacles in our lives or we have these these things that we have to deal with. 
in order to learn from them. So if we're not learning from them, we're, we're just swimming upstream and we just keep going in that direction. And it makes it harder for us to, you know, live our daily lives. And, and it gives us, it presents us with that struggle. So if we are present and we start to uh, participate more fully, kind of with that energy that's connecting us to everything, um, then we may find that not, maybe not for everything right away, um, but maybe for one thing in your life, we may find that if we kind of change direction a bit and we go to what feels better, what feels uh, kind of more right to us, that struggle may lessen and we may start swimming downstream and with the current and it makes it a lot easier, um, you know, for us, but I'm not saying that it's going to happen overnight. And I'm, you know, even if you follow your intuition uh -huh. fully, it's not going to happen overnight. And there's a lot of different aspects of our lives. There's a lot of different areas of our lives. So everything will not change instantly, but following your intuition yeah. will absolutely help us with that struggle and help us learn the lessons that we need to. One of the, like when you're talking about this, one of the things that comes to my mind is like, this is your book about following signs or looking for psychic signs. And, mm -hmm. in, and even in the uh, advanced book, you talk a little bit about actually looking for those signs and, and how some of them are, they're just plain as day. You know, they're, they're right there, you know. And if we mm -hmm. follow those signs, then maybe we're not swimming upstream. Very true. Um, and sometimes it's easy to recognize those signs. Sometimes it's not. So if you think about uh, synchronistic events and, you know, symbology and signs, um, they all kind of go hand in hand. Those signs are the things that we recognize that kind of create those synchronistic events. Mm -hmm. And, you know, they're symbols that are on our exterior world. They're things that we can that that are tangible, that we can see or that we can hold or that we can taste or that we can touch or we can hear. Um that kind of say, oh, wait, that just that just told me something like that just helped me decide something or that just gave me a direction that I maybe should go or, um, you know, that's something I'm supposed to understand or supposed to recognize or wait a second. Why does that you know, why is that hitting me so hard? Um, whereas the person that's sitting right next to you is like, what are you talking about? It's just a piece of cake. Like, <laughs> you know, why is that a sign for you? <laughs> so it's it's those kind of symbolic but external messages that we're getting from the universe. And like you said, if we follow them, if we start to pay attention to them and what they're telling us, um, they can help you to kind of go with the current instead of going against everything in your life. Uh -huh. um, but I will say a hundred percent that not everything is a sign. Like, you know, don't go through life expecting every single thing you see or feel or hear to mm -hmm. be a sign because not everything is a sign. Sometimes, you know, it's just a, piece of dirt on the ground it's not you know it doesn't it, it, just because it looks like it may be you know jesus or you know your dog doesn't mm -hmm. mean that it is it's just a piece of dirt you know so don't go through life expecting that every single thing will be a sign but be aware that there may be signs out there that are there put in place to help you uh, so that means maybe i should stop staring at the toast every morning trying to figure out if there's something there I don't know, my, dude. My, that, my might wife, be, that might be happening my wife, for you. My wife, <laughs> my wife's always like, why are you staring at that toast? I'm looking for a sign. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Maybe that's your way of communicating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm divining through toast. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But, you know, the, the weird thing about it is that it, when, like I talked about synchronistic events, like when you start noticing, so even if it is, let's just joke around a little bit, but even if it is toast, okay, mm -hmm. you start noticing things more. 
Now I talk about this too, like everything is not a sign. And one of the reasons that you start noticing things more is because your mind starts looking for them. So, you know, just like you may find that, you know, you are getting, you know, images of your, you know, deceased great grandmother on your piece of toast. <laughs> you can make that happen in your mind. You can make the connections and make it look like your deceased great grandmother. Um, it's just, it, it's the same thing as, you know, people recognize numbers or they recognize license plates all mm -hmm. the time. You know, you're driving down the street and you see a vanity plate that says, you know, it's all mine or whatever, you know, because they, they bought their brand new, you know, Ferrari and the license plate says it's all mine. So, well, let's make it a common car. Okay. So they bought their like Volkswagen Jetta okay. and it says it's all mine um, because the Ferrari you're going to notice anyway. Yeah. But so you notice the license plate because it stands out, but think about how many other license plates you just looked at before you saw that one. Mm -hmm. Right. So you're driving down the highway and, you know, there's like 50,000 cars, either they're passing you or you're passing them and they all have license plates. So you're not pulled necessarily to that license plate. You just it stood out to you. You mm -hmm. recognized it because it did something in your mind. It made you connect something. It made you think something. It made you feel something. It, it stood out. But you saw 50 other license plates. Uh -huh. They just didn't stand out to you. So, you know, that piece of toast maybe really was your great great grandmother um or maybe it's just because something stood out and it you it connected in your mind that oh well this is interesting uh -huh. you know so when things connect in the mind like is there a way that to differentiate between a sign and oh i guess like matrixing matrixing is what they i guess they call it when the mind takes things and tries to make sense out of them Rather, mm -hmm. you know, even if they don't make sense, the mind automatically just tries to build reality, basically. So the interesting thing about, you know, int intuition or psychic ability is that it feels a little different. So, you know, when you see a sign, like people are always texting me, hey, you know, like my friends, hey, I saw this. What does that mean? Nothing. <laughs> but, mm -hmm. Like it just, you know, ha but how did it make you feel when you saw it? So a lot of times what happens is, you know, when you see a sign that truly is a sign, it's there because it makes you feel something. It makes you acknowledge something. It makes you understand something a little bit differently. It makes you change course or change direction. Now, I know that doesn't 100% answer your question as to how do you feel or how do you I, I, I think it does 100% answer my question because... There, there, there's two parts happening. There's, there's, there's the actual recognition of it, followed by some type of internal feeling, like, like, like you know, like when you get the goosebumps or, or a chill, or, or just like a, a feeling in your heart, sort of, or in your gut. You know, yeah. that then this, it, it's a, it's an actual sign where if you're only getting right. half of that, that then it might have to be looked at more. Yeah. And usually that's the difference between a synchronistic event and a coincidence. You know, if it's just a coincidence, it doesn't make you think about it. It doesn't make you feel anything. It doesn't give you goosebumps. It doesn't give you that energy that, you know, for me, like by the end of this session, my hair is going to be standing straight out because <laughs> it just, it, it makes me tingle. Like my mm -hmm. arms, like I said, I'm getting goosebumps everywhere because energy is around. Um, it makes you stop and question it. It makes you, Hey, wait, what, what is that? Like, you know, is, is that, does that mean something to me? Like, oh my God, I just asked this morning and here it is. Like, here's my answer. 
Um, so it, it makes you stop for a second and understand and recognize that there's something going on out there. And it becomes part of like a synchronistic event usually. Interesting. And, you know, one of the things that I tell people all the time too is if you're not sure that it was a sign, like if you're not, if you're not clear mm -hmm. either as to what the sign was or whether it was a sign at all, ask the universe to send you another one. Ask the universe to send you validation. Like, you know, Follow if you questions, <laughs> yeah, like if you're not sure what it is or what it means, ask for another one. And if nothing comes, if you don't recognize anything else, then OK, maybe that wasn't a sign that you should quit your job and, and try out for a professional football team. Like maybe that's not what you're supposed mm -hmm. to be doing, you know, but if you, you know, all of a sudden somebody gives you a football, like maybe that is what you're supposed to be doing. Maybe that is a good sign. You know, maybe that is what you're you're supposed to be paying attention to and creating for yourself. Um so I guess you know, like, like we cause this, the signs I guess sounds like very similar to like those those voices, you know, like if you hear have a thought and you don't feel something behind the thought or or whatever, then that's probably just a thought. But if the thought is followed by a feeling, then you know it's more of an intuition. Yeah, you know, some people think that um, that the thought that you have, uh, you know, when you're trying to determine whether it's your imagination or whether it's yeah. it's more your intuitive kind of guidance system. Some people feel that you feel lighter when it's your intuition. Some people feel heavier and more grounded. So that really depends on you. Like you have to pay attention to how your body feels or, you know, what else you're getting with that um, mm -hmm. in order to, to kind of decide whether it's your imagination or whether it's your intuition. Now I can tell you, like I said, I, you know, I've pretty much been reading people my whole life, but I've been doing this professionally for over 20 years now. Um, and writing about it, you know, for half of that time. So I am in the business. Um, you know, I, I do this and I still don't always recognize things. I still don't always know whether it's my imagination or my intuition. Uh -huh. And the reason behind that is because we want things to happen, right? Yes. We want things to validate what we, what we want, what yeah. we need, you know, the direction that we want to go. So whether it's your intuition um, or whether it's your imagination, you need to pay attention to what it's telling you because it's not always going to be your intuition, but your imagination is also a, a kind of a huge part in making up your mind mm -hmm. and you know kind of seeing you know what you imagine could be possible in a lot of your exercises you use uh visualizations um well where does the switch how does a person know when is when they're switching from um purposeful visualization to a connection and a vision coming from outside of their imagination So you're saying purposeful visualization, meaning it's your yeah. imagination. Like, like, if then... I'm, like if I'm purposely like vis visualizing myself, uh, what was one of them? I think it was like the the uh, hotel lobby one, where like you're in a hotel lobby, you're visualizing all this stuff, and you know the the question, you know, it's like what stands out in that hotel lobby to you? You know, mm -hmm. um, how do I know? that what I'm visualizing in my imagination is actual psychic awareness and not just a memory of a, a hotel that I was at when I was a kid that I don't really 
it's like my subconscious. So part of what you're saying, and I think I know what exercise you're talking about. Forgive me because I, you know, I tend to kind of just goes through me and goes out (laughs) into the book. Um, I think I know what exercise you're talking about. And I think that that exercise is to help you imagine. It's helping you to use your imagination. And one of the reasons that I do that is because when we use our imagination, we're able to visualize things that we know. Things that we can imagine that we can see in our mind's eye, you know, so when we close our eyes and we start to visualize, we can conjure up, so to speak, images of things that we recognize that we understand or that we know, you know, like if you were to close your eyes right now, you'd be able to kind of tune into what your bedroom looks like. Right. I wouldn't necessarily be able to see it exactly the same way, but you can see what your bedroom looks like. Yes. And the reason that I have you do exercises like that is because I want you to train your mind to be able to see details, to be able to see these different things. Because then when you do use your intuition, you want to be able to see the details. Like a lot of times what happens is if people are just starting out and they're trying to use their clairvoyance, which is your, I keep tapping here because Mm -hmm. it's your third eye. Yeah. Right. So your clairvoyance is kind of your, your uh, clear vision, your clear sight, your intuitive psychic, ability to see things in your mind's eye you don't see them necessarily externally you see them internally in your mind and the more detailed you allow um, that vision to be or the more detailed you're able to see those things the more information you can get from that vision so i i'm not sure uh if that specific exercise if that's what i was doing but i'm i'm pretty sure that i was kind of telling you use your imagination Mm -hmm. because you can kind of train yourself to be able to see things more detailed and it is hard. It really is hard to determine what is your imagination and what is your intuition. And I do talk about this a lot. You know, it's, it comes with practice because you start to develop this kind of knowing or this sense of feeling or this, this kind of aha and, or the goosebumps or the, you know, the energy that you, that you kind of experience that comes through or around you. Mm -hmm. And you start to understand that that is your intuition and that that's how you feel when you're getting an intuitive hit or when you're seeing something intuitively, as opposed to just using your imagination. But when you use your imagination to practice and to get those details, like to really start to see, you know, what do you see on the walls of the lobby or what, you know, what kind of um, welcome area do you see or you know who is in there um, right. those are the things that you start to it, you know it is kind of a little bit intuitive um, but it's also using your imagination to put those details together because when you start to use your intuition you want to be able to do the same thing you want to be able to say oh you know I just got a flash of a movie theater like why am I why am I seeing a flash of a movie theater and instantly you can start to think, oh, because I'm supposed to go see, like, it's this is what's on the screen. Like, I'm supposed to go see that. Like, I, I need to go to that movie because, oh, that, this is interesting, too, because right down, you know, right down three seats down, I, you know, I'm seeing, like, you know, my my best friend from college that I haven't seen in forever. And I'm supposed to go to this movie so that I can see them there, you know, so I can reconnect with this person. And and I just got goosebumps. So <laughs> maybe you're supposed to go to the movies. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's that kind of a feeling. It's that kind of a vibe. You start to learn how to expand that intuitive vision or that intuitive sight because you've practiced it using your imagination and you practice kind of expanding and understanding what you're seeing. Does that make sense? It does. It does. And one of the other things, like, is there even 
a difference between imagination and a psychic experience? Or are they just the same thing? And it's us just not, it's us just, we've been programmed not to feed it, not to, to, to ignore it basically. Because as kids, you know, like, oh, it's just your imagination. Don't, don't go there. And we're so used yeah. to turning it off that, uh, it, it, you know, the visualization helps kind of reawaken that. Um, well, there definitely is a difference between imagination and intuition. Um, but imagination is also part of your intuition. And, you know, that's that's something something else entirely where we talk about kids having it turned off. Um, and that happens a lot. You know, we're shut down as children because people don't, you know, no, 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 you're not seeing that. You know, like, that's not what's happening. Um, you know, and we are shut down a lot. Like, that's just your imagination. So you you learn not to believe it. Um, and then as you get older, you know, a lot of times you do see things and unless you start to recognize that it is possibly your intuition and not just your imagination, then it'll always be your imagination. You'll always feel that way. Um, but there is a difference between imagination and intuition. And it's up to us, like I said, to kind of discover how it feels to you. How does it feel? What does it make you feel like? What is it? What is it telling you? You know, what kind of information are you getting from this, this vision? Um, and it's also, you know, a lot of a lot of psychics believe that you don't need validation, you know, that you don't need the validation to um, know that you're using your intuition. I'm mm -hmm. kind of the other route. I feel like you need validation. You know, you need some form and you're not always going to get it, but you need kind of some form of, of validation so that you know that it's not just your into your imagination in the beginning. Right. Like, you know, so that you get some kind of feedback that says, oh, oh, shit, <laughs> like that was my intuition. <laughs> you know, that wasn't just my imagination. And that feedback can really help you. When doing a reading, um, do you prefer people to ask you specific questions or do you like to just have them sit down and, and sort of just start with like a blank slate? Like, I know when I go and I read tarot cards. Mm -hmm. I, pre I prefer to go with like the blank slate. I don't like people to tell me what their question is. Because I'm worried about um, my own bias kind of sort of taking over. So if I don't right. know what it is, then that doesn't really, it, 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 for me, it eliminates a block, like an obstacle. So the way that I work, and every, every psychic you'll meet works differently, whether it's with tarot cards or something else, you know, um, the way that I work is before I, before my client comes in or before, you know, I call them or Zoom them or whatever it may be on the phone, um, right now, you know, my sessions aren't in person. They're, right. they're, you know, on zoom or on FaceTime um, or on the phone. So um, before I call or tune or, you know, connect with them in that way, I tune into their energy and I connect to that. Um, and I write stuff down. So this, I just kind of channel it and whatever I write down. Um, all right. I'll give you my whole spiel that I do like for every okay. session. So, like I said, before I, before I call them like 10, 15 minutes before I call them, I sit down and I do a quick meditation to tune into their energy and to connect me to my guides, my loved ones on the other side, who can also help me to connect to their guides and their loved ones on the other side to tell me what's going on with them. And then uh, the stuff that I write down, usually it starts off with like kind of, you know, what kind of person they are um, and what kind of, uh, kind of just you know basics like maybe what they look like um you know what kind of person they are who they are um and then i kind of go into stuff that may be going on with them in their lives currently and also you know things that i see coming or things that you know have happened in the past for them 
Um, whatever I get kind of from the universe is what I write down. Mm -hmm. And so when I do call them, I say, you know, Hey, I tuned into your energy before I called. I usually like to start with this because it opens us up to things that you may want to know about or things that you may be curious about. And at that time, you know, all that energy that I've written down, all those things I've written down comes from your guides, your loved ones on the other side, it's things that they either see you doing, or they see that's coming up for you, or um, it's stuff that they're talking about to let you know that it's really them coming through. And then I also usually um, specific people will want to come through with either their name or their initial. And I tell people all the time, look, you know, all this information is from your guides and your loved ones, but this one, you know, kind of wants to come through and I'm getting the letter M around you. Um, and I'm feeling like, you know, it's somebody from the other side and they're trying to let you know that they're here. And I tell people all the time, like, don't try and make it fit. Um, you know, mm -hmm. I'm not always 100% accurate with the name or their initial, but I won't ever try and make it fit. And I don't want you to do that either, because then we discredit the person that is coming through. So say, you know, I have your dead cousin, Bobby, that's coming through and you say, oh, that must be my next door neighbor's brother's cousin, sister's husband's ex-wife, Tina. And I'll say no. But if I tell you I have your dead cousin, Bobby coming through and you say, well, I had dead cousin, Billy, that fits a lot better. And then I'll try and give you evidence that it's really them coming through. So whatever I get from them, I'll let you know. But everything that I write down is from your guides and your loved ones on the other side. So also what happens for me is that by the end of the session, when we hang up the phone or, you know, when my client walks out, um, a lot of times what happens is the next day they'll text me or they'll email me and say, hey, you said this and this just happened. Or, you know, I just realized that this is what it was. And hey, I can't believe I forgot my best friend's name, which happens all the time. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and oh, I, you know. <laughs> didn't realize that that was my, you know, mother coming through and duh, you know, I can't believe I couldn't remember her name because I always called her mom instead of, you know, Jennifer. Um, so stuff like that happens all the time, but nine times out of 10, I won't remember it. Hmm. And the reason I don't remember it is because it's not for me, it's for you. So it just comes right through me. So, you know, you asked, what do I do? Do I want a blank slate? Essentially, I start with a blank slate, right. whether you've come in before or not, but I just write everything down and then everything that I've written down um, opens us up to things that you may want to know about things that you're, you know, curious about the reason that you wanted the session. Wow. Yeah. Um, are you ever like, I know for me, if one of the things I guess that, that prevents me from doing anything other than tarot is I'm afraid of being wrong. Mm -hmm. Like how does somebody kind of get over that, 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 I guess, I don't know, there's fear, insecurity, something like that. So, um, usually, you know, I'm, I'm pretty, pretty right on. The person may not understand it or recognize it right away, mm -hmm. um, which again can make it difficult. Um, but every single time I do a reading, remember I told you this at the beginning, every single time I do a reading, yeah. I'm afraid I'm not going to get anything. I'm afraid I'm going to be a hundred percent wrong. I'm afraid of that. And that's my ego. My ego is talking to me. You know, my ego yeah. is saying, oh, you may not be able ego to always wants to be right. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, you you know, you may not be able to do this or, you know, yeah, you should be afraid because you suck. <laughs> you know, and believe me, like I have this. I've always had this. And I've, I've come to learn that if I don't have a little bit of fear going into a session that I'm going to be wrong or that I'm going to not do it right. And I've talked to a lot of psychics. They don't necessarily feel the same way that I do. Uh -huh. But if I don't have that fear, I feel like I don't connect to them, which is kind of an interesting thing. Um, it's almost like a dichotomous explanation because it doesn't really make sense. Um, but I do have that fear. 
And again, I always feel like I'm not good enough. I always feel like I may not give them what they need or I may not help them. But then I get the validation that what I'm talking about, they, they immediately acknowledge. I mean, you know, some things are basic. Like I said, the kind of person you are or what you look like. Um, but the information that I tell people all the time, like this may sound generic in the beginning, but it's not. This is totally about you. And yeah, you know, we can all be described as nice or mean or happy. All right, we're back. Sorry about that, folks. <laughs> we lost connection for a second. <laughs> so maybe the universe is like, all right, you're done talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so one of the next things, too, about the book, and, and I found this as a common theme in, in, in a, quite a few psychic development books, but yours is a little bit different which is about the energy and the chakras and using those to awaken psychic ability and one of the things that I, I really got me was you know I always kind of associate okay well you know the chakras is, is, or the energy flow is being blocked but you mentioned about some of them being too wide open and, and, and I started reading on that I said I could kind of relate to that I could definitely kind of feel like Maybe my, my lower three chakras are, are, are too open and my upper ones are too closed. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, that can definitely happen and it can hinder your progress in anything that you're trying to do. Um, when our when our chakras are blocked, like you said, that's that's pretty normal. Like that happens. We can work through those blocks and get them spinning again, um, get them to kind of open up. But when they're too wide open, then we can be letting in too much information. So imagine like, you know, getting tingly again. <laughs> um, imagine you're in like a room and all of a sudden, you know, the room's fine. The energy is fine. Like everything's just kind of there, you know, the temperature, the everything in the room is good. Mm -hmm. And then all of a sudden, you know, it's like somebody opens a window and you get like this whoosh of energy. Like it's just this huge, like almost like you're in a wind tunnel. And that can happen when you're, when your chakras are wide open, like depending on which ones are kind of stuck open, you be, you, you're almost feeling like you're in this wind tunnel, like you're getting too much, you get too much. And so it, it kind of changes and distorts your, your balance in your chakras. Mm -hmm. So if you have, you know, say your second chakra, your sensual or sexual chakras is way too open. Um, you know, you may, on a, on an extreme, you may end up being, you know, kind of a sex addict, um, because your, you know, your second chakra, your orange chakra there, um, is, is way too open. And that maybe along with your, you know, your other chakras or your, your green chakra, um, your heart chakra is connecting and your, maybe your solar plexus too, kind of your, your power center. So you're connecting sex with love and power. And that's why you're, you know, a sex addict. Now I'm not, I'm, I'm not diagnosing anybody or anything by saying that. I'm just kind of trying to give you an example of what can happen. Mm -hmm. um, whereas if your second chakra is totally closed down, you know, you may have a hard time just dealing with people, let alone you don't, you can't have any sex with anybody because it's overwhelming to you. Right. It feels like way too much. It feels like too much, um, too much pressure and too much just energy. It just overwhelms you because it's, it's shut down. Mm -hmm. Have you ever heard about people having like these spontaneous Kundalini awakenings and, um, 
I mean, I've heard some people, you know, enjoy it and go through the process. And I've also talked to other people. They're like, I never want to experience that again. So I've never felt or experienced or talked to anybody that truly believes that they really have had a Kundalini awakening. Mm-hmm. Um, not because it doesn't happen, but just because... <sighs> It's kind of an interesting concept to me. I don't think that I, I think that a lot of times when people think that they're experiencing that, they're they're maybe experiencing a level of an awakening. Yeah. Um, I think that, you know, just and it, I kind of relate it to like past lives. Like everybody in, you know, that goes through past lives that thinks that they were like Cleopatra or they were King Henry or they were, you know, Michael Jackson, like whatever it is. Like no, not everybody is going to be famous. You know, not everybody's going to have that famous past life. Um, just like not everybody that thinks that they experienced that that huge like Kundalini awakening is really experiencing like the the awakening. Right. I think that you know there's kind of different, and I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to say that people don't experience things or mm-hmm. that they're not really experiencing it, but I feel like it's more. I guess I never really thought about this before. I feel like it's more like stages. You know, like we yeah. awaken in stages, like my, my psychic abilities, like I said, when I was kind of hit over the head and I heard the words, like my ability awakened a little bit more that day mm-hmm. and it continues to awaken in stages. You know, I continue, um, I, I can, I almost visualize it like I'm rising, you know, uh-huh. like, you know, it's that kind of that next level. And I feel like that's the same thing with like Kundalini awakening. I think that people do experience an awakening. I don't know that it's like the, you know, like, uh, you know, the same thing that like Buddha experienced uh-huh. or, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't necessarily feel like it's all that. I do think that people go through many different stages or levels of awakenings. And actually, I can give you a, a kind of a crazy example. Now, yeah. you, you know, doing all these podcasts with like, you know, people that have, you know, kind of out there stuff, mm-hmm. right? Um, I'll give you a little bit of an example. This was many, many, many years ago. And I wrote about this in, I don't know, one or two of my books. Um, but I had an experience where, you know, my daughter um, could never sleep in her bedroom one of my daughters because she kept saying it was, you know, there's people in there, like there's people in there and, you know, she was seeing, and I know she was cause I saw them. Um, but there was stuff going on in her room. Like she was seeing dead people come through and, um, you know, I experienced that too. So I understood what she was talking about. Um, but then, you know, one night I said, well, you know, she came into our room again. This is when she was really little. So she couldn't explain anything. Right. She just knew that she was scared. Right. So she came into our room and, you know, she was like a little heater and, you know, she starfished in the bed. So like, you know, you couldn't sleep with her because, (laughs) you know, she takes over everything. So I went into her room to sleep and I went to sleep and I woke up because I heard people talking. And my first thought was, oh, you know, damn it. These these people are back again. Like these dead people (laughs) just need to move on and get out of my house. Um, But it was more, I literally kind of woke up and I know I'm not crazy and I know that this probably won't sound crazy to you, but it sounds crazy to me. Mm -hmm. I woke up and I saw these three beings 
kind of floating in the room. Like one of them was tall in the middle. One, two of them were like shorter, kind of floating next to them. But they all like had these nondescript faces that look like if you put, you know, if you put a stocking yeah. over your face and you could still see like the bumps and the indents and the features, but you can't really make out anything mm -hmm. specific. Um, so it looked like that kind of a head, no hair. Um, looked like that kind of a head on all three of them, but just two smaller ones, two, one big one. And then they all had like these, it looked like robes, just like the shape of the shoulder. Yeah. Um, and just like robes with like a dark stripe, kind of like my scarf, like a dark stripe coming down on both sides. Um, nondescript colors, um, nondescript faces, but I heard things. And what I heard was the little ones kept saying to the big one, um, but she's a child of God. She's ready. And the big one kept saying, she's not ready. And they kept saying, but she's a child of God. She's ready. She's a child of God. She's ready. And the big one kept saying, she is a child of God, but she's not ready. And I'm getting goosebumps just talking about it. And they just kept going back and forth. And it, the way that I, I heard it in my mind, but the way that I saw them and heard it externally was like mm -hmm. this. Like I, I couldn't make out any words like externally, but in my mind, um, I have goosebumps everywhere. In my mind, I just kept hearing, but she's a child of God she's ready. And the big one just kept saying, but she's not ready. She's, she is a child of God, but she's not ready. And it just, it was going and it must've been 30 seconds. And I'm looking at them thinking, you know, shit, they want to take me and like, you know, kill me essentially. <laughs> they want to, you know, bring me to, you know, what comes next, like the other side. Like, mm -hmm. and I, all I kept thinking of was I'm not ready for that. Like, I don't want to die. I have my family. Like, I don't want to die. And all of a sudden I realized I could just tell them to go away. Like, why didn't I think about that? Like I'm sitting here being terrified and I really was. Mm -hmm. And even though I do this work, right. And I'm sitting straight up in the bed and I'm looking right at them. And then I said, you know, go away. I'm not ready. Go away. The second, literally the second that they went away, because they went away right away. I realized, and I have goosebumps everywhere on my body right now. I realized that they were there to kind of download the next level for me to right. kind of give me that, that power to get to the next, the next mm -hmm. step. So as soon as that happened and goosebumps everywhere, as soon as that happened, I said, you know, Oh my God, wait, come back. <laughs> <laughs> but they were gone. You know, they were, they were gone. The fear that I had um, was that they were there to, you know, essentially bring me to heaven or hell or whatever you want to believe in, mm -hmm. like, you know, that I was going to die and that they were going to take me to die. But the, the feeling I got was that they really wanted to bring me to that next level. They wanted to give me that next level of kind of intuitive awareness. Uh -huh. um, and that, I know it was a really long story, but that kind of is what I, I relate to those levels of the Kundalini awakening. That's kind of how I feel. I feel like there's those levels, there's those stages, there's those kind of steps. And uh, I think that that was one of them. And I kind of missed out on it. Mm -hmm. Not to say that they didn't give it to me since then, or that they didn't come back or, yeah. you know, that I didn't experience it, you know, in a different way later. Mm -hmm. um, Cause obviously we all progress every day in every way for so many different things, but I definitely feel like that was one of those uh, levels and you know heading me towards that awakening it's, it's very similar to an experience I mean, experiences that i've heard from people that call themselves star seeds um 
you know, so I, I've heard of, you know, I've interviewed quite a few and, and he also described like that, that type of similar experience. Um, but I, I always think like, like, yeah, this to me, it sounds like they're, they're, they're more spirit guys than they are some type of alien. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it definitely did not feel to me anyway. And I'm not saying that I, I do believe aliens exist because I think mm-hmm. that we're extremely egotistical to think that, you know, in this whole like vast multiple <laughs> yeah. universe area that we're the only life forms. But um, I do think that they were definitely spirit guides. Um, and one of the, one of the key things was just how, how I felt about it, but also, you know, and I'm not religious. I don't go to church. I don't necessarily believe in organized religion. I think if you do, that's great. If it gives you comfort, that's wonderful. Um, I think church is a community, a sense of, of you know, belonging um, and connecting to like-minded people. But I also feel like, you know, there is some kind of God. There is some kind of universal energy that kind of pulls us all together. Right. Um, so whether you believe that it's God or whether you believe that it's Buddha or, you know, whatever it is that you believe in, I call it the universe. Yeah. Um, And the, the fact that I kept hearing, but she's a child of God, but she's a child of God, but she's a child of God, you know, leads me to the, the belief or the understanding that no, this wasn't aliens. Um, This was definitely spirit guides. That's great. That's great. Very descriptive story. That's the most, one of the most descriptive that I've ever heard for for that type (laughs) of incident, actually. Well, I'm actually second guessing myself and thinking, wow, I just said that out loud. <laughs> yeah, it, you know, I mean, like I said, I have written about it before, mm-hmm. so it's not like, you know, I just outed myself, but that is a pretty big deal, you know, and a lot of people kind of look at me funny when I talk about it. So I've interviewed a few psychics and I've, you know, I've, I've always questioned this idea of, of a spirit guide. Like, oh, like, you know, if I've read in books, like everybody has these spirit guides guiding them and, and, and I'm like, yeah, I, I don't think I have one, you know. And uh, then somebody told me, he goes, oh, you have one, but but you just piss your spirit guide off all the time. And I was like, oh, well, okay, whatever, you know. And, and I kind of blew it off. And then last night I was doing another interview with, with another medium, and the topic came up. And he go, and I asked, I said, do I have a spirit guide? He goes, yeah, but you piss him off quite a bit. <laughs> So twice I got the same answer. <laughs> so let me ask you this. I mean, I can tell you what I get about it, but let me ask you, do you feel like you have a spirit guide that you just piss off or you're just not feeling like you have a spirit guide? I think I do have a um, a spirit guide, I think. Um, I didn't until... I started doing all this and talking to so many people though, but now I'm becoming more open to it and I'm becoming curious now to what it is about me that's pissing this spirit guide off. Like what, like it's, it's to me, like the message I'm getting is like, there's something like, like, like apparently like, like what, from what I've heard, the spirit guy's totally cool about the podcast that I'm doing is what I'm supposed to be doing, but there's like other things that I'm supposed to be doing that I don't want to do. So, and I don't know what those things are yet, but I, I suppose I'll just find out in time. You know, I think it's, I, I do know that my, my own gut feeling tells me that it's something that I have to learn for myself. It's not something that somebody's going to be able to tell me. Um, 
so you know often what happens is we don't necessarily feel our guides around us and we don't we don't really connect with them in that way like you know we're not able to say hey peter's my guide mm -hmm. or you know you know hey june came through and she's my guide like we're not necessarily able to say that but those little feelings of intuition those little intuitive nudges that you do get that's that's your guides helping you and you don't just have one guide um you know there's many over there that are helping you so I definitely feel like you have guides. I don't necessarily feel like you piss them off um, because they're there for you. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like you don't do everything that you're supposed to be doing or that you should be doing. And I think you know this. I don't think that this is like, you know, it doesn't feel like this is news to you. Um, however, we all do things in our own time. You know, we all learn things in our own time. And when we talked before about the struggles and, you know, swimming upstream versus following the flow that's part of it they're mm -hmm. there to kind of help you you know discover which way to swim and why um so when we don't listen to them it's not that they get pissed off it's just that you have to keep going through it you know you have to keep dealing with it yeah and and it's hard a lot of times to understand what they're trying to let you know help us do <laughs> what why do we have them to begin with like like does everybody have them like like sometimes i like i look at like some people in their lives like just they, they completely just go down the drain, you know, they, they, they just mess up, they, they, they end up, um, I don't know, killing somebody in jail for the rest of their lives. Like, did they, did they just get like uh, beat spirit guys that weren't doing their job or something? Or, or was it their refusal to not listen? Or is, like, uh, that, that's the part that kind of throws me off, I guess, with spirit guys. When I, when I see people just sort of, you know, I don't know, fall by the wayside. Well, a lot of times it's not that the spirit guides are, you know, no good or that they don't know what they're doing or that, you know, we're not, not even that we're not listening to them. Um, a lot of times it's just the product of our environment. You know, we, we all have different environments, different communities that we grow up in. Um, and we all kind of learn how to survive and how to react to things. And so sometimes it's a product of our environment that we can't do what our guides want us to do because mm -hmm. we can't really you know, figure out the logistics of it. Um, and, you know, let's talk about somebody who's born in a really, really poor, you know, rural area. Like it's really, really hard for them to get ahead and to, you know, get out of their situation and say, and let's take it to the extreme. You know, they're in a really abusive household. Um, they have no money. They have no food. Like, what are they going to do? They're either going to stay, stay there and deal with it or as they get older they may decide they want to run away so then what do they have you know what do they have to survive on so a lot of times you know we have that kind of product of, of our environment mm -hmm. and we're trying to do what they're asking us to do like we ran away but now what you know we have to survive like we have to feed ourselves and then if we have kids god forbid you know we have to feed the kids like what are we going to do um, and then you have the people that, you know, they just don't want to hear it. Like they just don't want to listen to their guides. They don't want to listen to, you know, that side of their intuition because it's not what is in line with their ego or with what they want. So I don't necessarily feel like we have, you know, beat spirit guides and I don't necessarily <laughs> feel like, you know, um, our spirit guides are dropping the ball. Um, you know, sometimes it doesn't, what they're trying to get us to do, doesn't really go in line with what we want. Okay. Um, or what we think we want, what our ego is telling us we want. Hmm. 
So, so when I look at people that, that are not doing well, when I say to myself, huh, this guy's got a slacking spirit guide. I'm not right. Their, their spirit guy no, not, not really. the spirit guy's not like a slacking a slacker. No, not really. But the thing is, you know, we do shut them off. Like we do ignore them. And mm-hmm. so the more we ignore them, the harder it is to kind of tune into them and to connect with them. Yeah. So, you know, if they're telling us, no, 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 don't steal that candy bar when we're, you know, seven years old in school and we're starving because our family has no money. You might ignore them and say, oh, no, I'm taking that candy bar because I need to eat, you know. So there, there is like we do have free will. Our spirit guides aren't there to hold our hands and make us do things. Mm-hmm. You know, they're there to try and help us. But we do have free will. And, you know, there's times when we can't do what they're what they're trying to direct us to do. And Are times you- where our ego is like, oh, no, you know, <laughs> this is what I want. I'm doing this like. Are they mainly concerned about our spiritual development rather than our material survival? Well, that's an interesting question. I think that there's a little bit of both because I think our our survival is important because if we don't survive, we're not going to learn. And then, you know, we'll have to reincarnate and come back and kind of do the same thing until we get it. Um, So, they're very interested in our spiritual development because they're trying to help us, but they're also trying to help us get through life, you know, and do what we need to do in life. So, you know, if they weren't vested or if they didn't, if they weren't trying to help us with our survival, what would be the point? Yeah. You know what I mean? We have to survive. Do they stay with us through one lifetime or multiple lifetimes? Depends. It depends on, um, you know, what, what guide you are, what you'd kind of choose to incarnate next as. Um, and like I said, we have multiple guides. So not mm-hmm. every guide is going to stay with you um, through every journey you have. And, and you'll also get different guides throughout this lifetime. You know, you have different guides in each lifetime. Hmm. I wonder if that's what it is. Cause I always just wanted, like, I never wanted to, live a life where I have to help people and do stuff. I just want to have fun. And I wonder if mm-hmm. I've done that, like maybe quite a few lifetimes. Where I'm just like, man, I'm not going to do anything. I'm just going to have fun. Well, maybe that's also your calling though. Maybe by you having fun, you're bringing joy and happiness to other people. Yeah. So you know, you're, you're saying, I don't want to help other people, but maybe you are. Maybe. Interesting. It's an interesting topic. Um, when do you, uh, when it, in, in your book, like when you start taking it to the next level, you start talking about practicing with groups and stuff like that. Uh, like, where does a person find the like? Like, I know, like where I live, like I, I live in the middle of Alabama. There are no groups of psychics around here to work. With. <laughs> Mm-hmm. You know, so so do you like like? And I, but I do know that there's a lot of them on Facebook and stuff like that. But a lot of the people in those don't always seem like they're authentic. Like so, so how do you find the right group of uh, people to work with to develop your skills? Well, like you said, you know, accessibility helps. 
Um, so for you being somewhere where there's not really any, any groups that you know of around um, can be difficult. Um, one of the, and, and I agree with you that a lot of people that are doing the groups and the circles, you know, they're not really all that authentic and they're not yeah. really, you know, it, 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 it is very difficult. So you have to go with what feels right. Um, but one of the ways that you can find people is on the internet um, because there's all kinds of different groups, but also like spiritual churches, whether you are into church or not, um, doesn't really matter because spiritual churches are a different type of church. But a lot of times they'll have kind of offshoots with like psychic circles. Um, and, you know, people that have, you know, one of the things about having, um, you know, the pandemic is that there's so much more on the internet. So you can learn so much more now um, than you could before mm -hmm. because, it, you know, even though we've already started kind of becoming this internet culture, um, there's also like so many more people that are forming things online that they wouldn't have necessarily done in person. So you should be able to find more groups and more circles where you can study together with like-minded people. Um, and one of the ways that you can do that is, you know, kind of get a reading from somebody who you believe in or who you trust. And they may know other people that they can say, hey, you know, this person's pretty good. And I hear they're starting a circle. Or, you know, you may have to pay for the circle. Mm -hmm. It might not be a free circle, um, but they're a good group to study with. Or, it's a, you know, it's a good, uh, a good place to start. How about mentorship? How, is it important for somebody who wants to do this professionally to have a mentor? And does like a mentor like charge money or is it just a volunteer thing or both? Like, how does that work? So it's an interesting concept. Um, I do mentoring uh, and I do charge money for it. Um, but if kind of, you know, if I feel a connection to you, you know, I may do a reading for an hour for you, but then we end up talking for another half an hour. And that's because I'm mentoring you because you're asking me questions or, you know, and I just feel a connection. So I don't mind doing it. And, you know, I'm not charging you for that. Yeah. Um, but mentorship, if you are looking for somebody to mentor you, the, the best thing to do, um, what I always say, the best thing to do is to, again, have a reading and talk to somebody that you trust. Talk to somebody that feels right to you. Um, and see how they do it. See, you know, if they charge money or if it's free or, you know, if they'll take you on um, as a student just out of the goodness of their heart or, you know, possibly they'll take you on in trade. Um, you know, like I need work done on my, you know, my social media. So maybe mm. you're a social media person. So I'll take you on and you do some <laughs> of my social media. You know, like there's there's all different types of ways. And it it really comes down to, again, what, what feels right to you. And if something that, that you're learning through mentoring or through mentorship with somebody, if something doesn't feel right, don't listen to it mm -hmm. or get out of it. You know, if it starts to not feel right to you, then it probably isn't right. Not necessarily because they're bad or because they don't know what they're talking about, but if it's just not resonating with you anymore, get out of it. It's not, it's not a good fit. Is, is a mentor necessary or no? Um, a mentor isn't necessarily a necessity, but they can help mm -hmm. because when you're going through this, like I told you, uh, when I first was hit over the head and I heard these words, like I set out to learn everything I possibly could. So I went and took like a, a bazillion classes and I read like so many books 
And I practiced, you know, I gave readings for free for a long time. Um, so everybody does things differently. Like I met a lot of like-minded people and, um, you know, I, I did work with a lot of people that I kind of aspired to be like, and, you know, I did workshops with, you know, famous people and I was up on stage with these people, mm -hmm. like, you know, in the workshops and, you know, I have people that still to this day, I'm friends with from the workshop saying, oh yeah, you know, like. James Van Prague was behind you when you were on stage the whole time. And like everybody else, he was, you know, correcting and helping, but behind you, he was going like this, like just nodding the whole time <laughs> you were reading for people. Cause he was feeling the energy was the same kind of, you know, that I was feeling and I was connecting uh. to the energy. Um, and so, you know, for, for somebody that you respect in the field, um, like, you know, I obviously respected him and, you know, plenty of other teachers that I've had a lot of other teachers who work differently, by the way, everybody's different. Um, they are not necessarily my mentors, but I look to them as my teachers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, depending on whether you want to take classes or workshops or, you know, have a one-on-one -on -one mentoring situation or a group mentoring, which again, brings us back to the groups is entirely up to you. And it's what feels right to you. How about like, just like a do it yourself person, like no mentor, no group. I'm just going to go at it alone and follow like you? my gut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like me. <laughs> yeah, so so what's interesting about what you just said is you're not doing it alone. Because you may not have a specific mentor, but you're doing these podcasts. You're asking questions all the time. You're getting information and you're learning and you're getting trained like in different aspects of life, whether it's psychic ability or something else. You're learning, you're finding out, you're you're getting schooled, you know, you're taking these <laughs> these things and you're you're kind of figuring out what feels right to you what doesn't feel right you're letting go of what doesn't make sense to you you know maybe you know i, I was going to use an example of somebody that i noticed that you had on your podcast but i'm not going to do that but maybe something doesn't feel right to you maybe that's not what you want to do you're gonna have to tell maybe, me this afterwards off the air now. <laughs> <What>? <laughs> um but maybe, you know, maybe something else does feel right to you. And maybe something that I'm saying, you know, resonates with you, but maybe part of what I'm saying doesn't resonate with you. Uh -huh. Like it's, you know, you, you're not doing it alone, dude. As much as you think you are, you're not because you're learning every day. You're reading books, you know, you're looking at stuff online mm -hmm. and you're discovering, you know, what other people's experiences are. And that helps you to learn. It kind of hurts my ego a little bit. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> reality's tough I, 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 i'm all about being this self-taught <laughs> person that's uh unbeatable <laughs> i get it that's funny you just gave me a dose of humility <laughs> Well, I think your guides are telling me that you needed that. <laughs> <laughs> Damn this guy. <laughs> That's hysterical. <laughs> um, have, have you ever had somebody come in and ask you for a reading and they've given you such a bad vibe that you're just like, no way. Am I, I, I just, I'm, I'm not doing it. So what's interesting is I've never really had anybody come in and give me a really bad vibe where I said, I'm not doing it. Um, 
into my office anyway or you know on the phone mm -hmm. um but i have had people that have come in and given me the the whole like you know this kind of vibe like i'm oh, not like, gonna uh, be a her tell her anything like she's not legit um so the skeptic and the kind of the almost the aggressive skeptic i've definitely had that before but usually by the end of the session they're like oh wait what did what <laughs> you know it's it's that kind of a feeling so I can tell you that way back in the beginning when I was first starting, um, I did a couple of like fairs, like holistic fairs, right. not necessarily psychic fairs, but I did like, yeah. Um, but I've done it. It wasn't necessarily, like I said, psychic fairs per se, mm -hmm. but it was more like holistic. There's a lot of different stuff going on. And I was kind of one of the intuitives off to the side. Um, and I did have this one person that, you know, she sat down and every single thing I said down to like the person she was with. And I didn't see who she was with. She came in alone, um, but down to the person she was with. And I described him and, you know, said, you know, it feels like, you know, you are the kind of person who just has a very strong personality. And, you know, the person that you're with is even like shorter than you. And this was a woman, you know, I, I see him like much shorter than you and just kind of downtrodden a little bit, like because of your personality, she's like, you know, screaming at me and yelling at me. And I was saying it, I mean, I may not be saying it in a great way right now, but I was saying it in a very nice way. Like I wasn't trying to tell her she was a bitch, but <laughs> <laughs> and you know she totally like was she started yelling at me started like screaming at me and she wasn't gonna pay me and how dare i you know and i mean there was more to the reading obviously and it was a quick 15 minute reading but she said every single thing you said was wrong and then i looked up and i see this guy standing there kind of like this you know probably about eight <laughs> inches shorter than her and i'm like is he here for you and she's like oh yeah that's my husband i guess my time's up and I'm like, okay. <laughs> so, you know, you get those people that you just don't want to deal with. You don't want to read. Like, you really don't. Like, their yeah. energy is just so negative. Um, but you know what? They need a session. They're there for a reason. So, and, you know, those are the people that they'll they'll fight you tooth and nail. Every single thing you're saying is wrong. There's nothing that you're getting that's right. And usually that's when you're dead on. <laughs> like you know mm -hmm. they just don't want to hear it their ego is in the way like yeah. their ego is telling them no and i'm not saying i'm always 100 percent accurate because for sure there's nobody in the world that's ever going to be 100 percent accurate um but you do get those people that are going to just say you're wrong you're wrong you're wrong like you know you're not right about anything and that does happen it's very rare mm -hmm. it's usually somebody that wants to come in for a session they want to know things you know they want to come in even if they're skeptical, they want to come in. Right. Um, so, yeah, sometimes. So what is the strangest reading that you've ever done? Like, have you ever, like, done a reading and found out, like, they're an alien abductee or something like that? No. <laughs> Um, the simple answer, nope. Um, I have had people that thought that they had, you know, an alien connection and I just didn't get it. Like, I think mm -hmm. that a lot of times what happens, and again, I believe that there's aliens out there. Yeah. I believe in the existence of it. Um, but I do think that a lot of times when that happens, they're, they're kind of um, misinterpreting their guides possibly mm -hmm. as aliens instead. And that's kind of the vibe that I get. I've never had anybody that was, that I felt was abducted by aliens. I mean. But what's the strangest thing that you've ever picked up? Like, like where you were like, I don't believe I'm picking this up. 
God, you just put me like in a really weird space because I'm trying to think like, what's the strangest thing I've ever gotten? I mean, I've gotten some pretty intense things. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know that I would call them strange. I, you know, I've at the risk of sounding kind of egotistical about it, you know, I've had people come in that they were done, like they were ready to end their lives. And I was able to pick up on that. And to me, you know, that's, that's kind of over the top. Um, And, you know, luckily they did come in and I was able to get them in. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I've gotten emails from them afterwards and said, you know, you really did save my life. Like that did save my life. Yeah. And that, and I just got goosebumps. So that to me is, you know, that's pretty crazy when you think about it, like the power that, that some people kind of put on you, like the, you know, that responsibility that some people put on you, I think is pretty, pretty intense. You know, I'm there for it because I want to help everybody and I want to, you know, definitely, I don't want people taking their own lives because they can't handle it anymore, but you know, I want to give them hope for sure. Um, but I'm trying to think like, you know, that's kind of that, intensity you want more kind of (laughs) crazy i mean i've you know i've had people that have come in and they they believe something but it's not necessarily what i'm picking up for them Mm -hmm. um you know they believe things that are kind of crazy and off the wall but it's not really because i picked it up for them it's because they came in with that I don't know. I'm going to have to think about that and get back to you because now I'm trying to think like, what's the craziest stuff that's happened? I mean, I've had like kind of like crazy validations, uh-huh. you know, about things that I saw or got, but not necessarily crazy situations. Hmm. And see, this is part of the problem too. Like I told you, I don't remember yeah. um, a lot of the sessions. So unless I, you know, talk about it or unless I, you know, talk to the person again afterwards and they remind me of it, mm-hmm. um, it usually goes kind of right through me. <laughs> Yeah, I, I understand. Like sometimes that even happens with podcasts. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll forget who I interviewed in the morning at by by night time. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's just it's just I'm going through the process and I'm in the moment, but it doesn't necessarily mean that it's, it, it stays. I think I think like the important stuff stays, but not all of it. Yeah, and that, I mean that happens. I tell people all the time, like my memory is shot, but I also think that part of it is just because. Um, you know, during a reading, it's not my information that's coming through. It's the information for the person that I'm reading for. So if I were to hold on to everything and retain everything that I get for everybody, that Mm -hmm. would, that would be so overwhelming. Have you, have you ever done any, um, like investigative work? Like have you ever been crawled to like crime scenes and stuff like that? Um, I have done some stuff for private individuals. I've never, uh, specifically worked with the cops although they have taken the information back to the cops Mm -hmm. um it is something that i'm actually very interested in doing um but it's also something that's very difficult to get started with and the the fear you know i told you before i always feel like i'm never good enough so that fear kind of holds me back too you know i don't want to end up giving them the wrong information Mm -hmm. you know um but i have absolutely done some work with people um having to do with crimes and uh, and it turns out that the stuff, the information that I gave them was, was right. So, um, I've never been to a specific crime scene. I've never actually worked with, you know, detectives or police, but, um, yeah, I have done, you know, and it's, it's actually kind of sad. I mean, it's really cool, but it's also kind of sad, you know, 
What do you think happens after death? Well, that's that's the question, isn't it? <laughs> Indeed it is. <laughs> uh, so I, I think that there's a bunch of things. I think that our spirit lives on. And, you know, I tell people all the time, think of like a piece of bread. Like, you know, there's breadcrumbs from that piece of bread, like that can go into so many different directions. And I think that that can happen with our spirit. I think that we kind of hang out on the other side for a while and we process what we've done in this lifetime and kind of learn, um, you know, figure out whether we've learned all the lessons we need to. And it's interesting. I, I had this kind of vision once um, and it stuck with me because it feels like what happens and it's kind of like a two-part thing. Like I see um, like these kind of, I, don't, I can't describe it. Like the first thing that I see is almost like, it's almost like an outer space thing. And there's mm -hmm. like these kind of beings just kind of floating like yeah. next to this table that's kind of floating. And it, it feels like you go, to like these different beings and you almost have like a quick appointment with them. And then they kind of send you on. Um, and it, it, it kind of feels to me like, and I, you know, this is what I get. It, it's almost like, you know, what you've heard of that your, your heaven is where you go. So what you think of is where you go. And, and to me, I always see like these big meadows with mm -hmm. like beautiful flowers and stuff. Um, and I also see like classrooms, so it feels like, you know, it's interesting. Um, my The anniversary of my mom's death is actually in a few days. And I've been thinking a lot about her. And when she first passed, um, I kept saying, I want to see her. Like, I want to feel her. Like, I do this for other people. Like, why can't I just, you know, why can't I know that she's for, for sure there? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, how can I do this for everybody else? I can't do it for myself, right? So um, when I saw, like, all of a sudden out of the blue, um, after I'd been thinking that, like I kind of tuned into her energy unintentionally and I saw her kind of um, in a classroom type setting and she's like teaching people that are there and she wasn't a teacher mm -hmm. when she was here, but she's like helping people learn like what they need to learn. And I feel like that's kind of what happens is that you go, you know, you're in this beautiful place, like this beautiful space, but then you, you also are learning um, and, and kind of going over what you've done here and what you still need to learn and what you want to learn. And it's almost like you're picking classes, you know, to go to your next semester or something, because um, it feels to me like, you know, you have this opportunity to learn. And then like the breadcrumbs, like your spirit's able to do all these different things at the same time. So you're also able to be there to help your loved ones or to, you know, act as a guide for somebody else. Yeah. Um, and you're able to be in, you know, 20 different places at once, if that's where you're, where you're needed and where you're called. Um, and then I think that, you know, some people choose to reincarnate and come back mm -hmm. and some spirits, um, some souls, some energies don't, you know, mm -hmm. they just stay over there. And I don't feel like, you know, your main like spirit guides, I don't feel like those are your loved ones. Your deceased loved ones are your deceased loved ones. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the energy and the information that they had when they were alive is the same kind of stuff they'll be able to help you with when they're on the other side. Mm -hmm. Whereas your spirit guides are there to kind of help process your life and help you get through your life in general um, and guide you in different ways that way, like kind of the big picture. Um, even though they can help with everything, you know, you have all different kinds of guides. 
but I think that your loved ones, your deceased loved ones are there to be your deceased loved ones. You know, they're there to help you, but they're also, again, your question was, what do you think happens? Um, I feel like, you know, they're there to learn their lessons and to figure out what they still need to learn and to decide whether they want to reincarnate and come back and do it again um, to continue to learn or whether they're done and they just want to stay over there. Yeah. You know, my mom passed away, I guess, about four years ago. And uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I feel like she's just with me all the time. Like, like she's mm-hmm. just there. You know, and it feels a lot like when she was alive, actually. It's not that much different. You know, and I still feel like she guides me in the same way that she did when she was alive. You know, it's just that she's just not physical. That's nice. Is that like, is that common? Do you hear that from people? Um, Yes and no. I mean, a lot of people feel their their deceased loved ones around. Um, But then a lot of people, you know, like me, like I know my mom's around. Like I know she doesn't, she didn't leave me high and dry, but it's hard for me to, to be a hundred percent sure that it's her, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm, that I'm feeling because, you know, I'm doing it for myself. It's not like I'm doing it for somebody else. Um, so I can't get necessarily that validation that she's here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think a lot of other people experience that too, that they're not sure. Um, you know, like, like I know she's like around. That. Yeah. And it, it, it can be hard. Um, yeah, it can be di- very, very difficult. Uh, I'm just going to ask you, is there a K name around you? My wife's name is Kelly. Oh, okay. You just said your wife is like that, and I just got a K. I heard K, so. Yeah. Okay. Um, I also have, like, an M name around you, too. I don't know who that is. Let's see. Um, I don't know. All right. Just hold on hmm. to it. It feels like it's somebody that's passed. I had a great grandfather named Moses. Sometimes, like people will ask, like my what my middle name is, and I'll say it's Moses, even though it's really not Moses, but I kind of like adopted it as a middle name. Okay, so I'm writing down little things about you as I'm getting them. So <laughs> yeah, that makes total sense to me. That's funny. So you feel a connection to him, obviously. Yeah, yeah. I'm, cause I remember when I was little, and like he was just a character. He loved to tell really outrageous stories and, and and I'm exactly the same way. Anybody who knows me, I'll I'll tell the most outrageous story with a straight face and people will be just like, what? <laughs> yeah. Um, which is also why, I mean, a lot of the stuff I have, I'll tell you, I got, you know, some basic stuff yeah. about you that I wrote down right before I tuned into you or right before I, I connected to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got cool. Like being kind of cool is your thing, you know, like Definitely. you're kind of, <laughs> you're, you know, and you want people to believe that you're, you're kind of the cool guy, you know, like. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and I also got, obviously, I mean, the, the name of your podcast is a dead giveaway, but what I got was you're a searcher um, because you're, you want to learn. Um, so it's interesting before we talked about, and you're like, Oh no, I'm not, I don't have a mentor and I'm, you know, I don't learn from anybody else. I'm doing it all on my own. <laughs> you know, you're a searcher. Um, yeah. You want to you want to know the the answers, the mysteries, the universe. But I also wrote down believer. Mm-hmm. So to me, a lot of the things that you're learning about, you do believe in. Um, yeah. Some of the things, like I said, you're not so much on board. But a lot of the stuff that you you know you set out to interview people because it interests you, you yes. know, and you want to believe. Um, it, it's kind of like you know the X Files movies, you know, or the X Files TV show that used to be on. Like you mm-hmm. want to believe. 
you know, you want to believe because that's where the poster makes... came from behind me. Oh, it's funny. <laughs> I, I guess I did see that, but I didn't even think about that. But yeah, you want to believe because it makes you feel like there's more out there, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's very important to you. And I also wrote down storyteller. So I don't know whether that Big was about time. you. I'm <laughs> outrageous, notorious to the point where it gets me in trouble. <laughs> yeah. And that kind of makes sense. Um, but I also think that there may be a connection to Moses, who was your great grandfather mm -hmm. or your great great grandfather, um, which is why I had the M name written down. Um, and I wrote down mom and recent. So, yeah, you know, I think that that's obviously about her. And I wrote down love. So I feel like there was a lot of love there. Um, Tons. Yeah, I feel like you guys had a, a good connection. Um, and what's interesting also, you know, I'm talking about you being like this kind of outrageous storyteller and a searcher and a believer. Um, but I also wrote down trust mm -hmm. and big. So it feels like to you, to me, for you, it feels like you, um, even though, you know, you have some outrageous guests and you have some crazy stuff, like if you don't trust them, you're not on board at all. Like, it doesn't matter what they're talking about. They could be talking about something crazy that you don't believe in, mm -hmm. but trusting that they're authentic, you know, with what they do believe and why, um, that's huge for you. So you, and you need to have that trust to have any kind of a connection to anybody. Um, yeah. You know, having that trust is huge for you. Um, and I also wrote down big. So it feels like, you know, they're saying you have like this big energy um, and you're, and I wrote down mellow which is also interesting because you're uh, pretty mellow. Uh, it's, it's, it's true. Cause like, you know, I'll show you, like, I'm also a musician and, and people are always shocked. Like, like I'm super laid back. I'm mellow all the time. But when I go on stage, I'm the complete opposite. You know, I just explode into this larger than life, bizarre character type of like heavy scenario. metal. <laughs> yeah, like heavy. I'm, I'm definitely like punk rock, heavy metal, yeah. and, and just the complete, I go as extreme as I possibly can, you know, yeah. <laughs> without anybody getting hurt. At least I try not to hurt too many people anyway. Um, But that's part of how you get your energy out. Like that's part of how you share your energy with everybody. Yeah, yeah. I, I miss it since uh, not playing since COVID and everything. Yeah. Um, and that's, also why I have music written down. So, <laughs> you know, you asked me before, like, how do I read people? What do I do? And this is what I do. I tune into your energy before I, you know, call you. So I wasn't set to do like a reading for mm -hmm. you, but I just kind of wanted to know like who you were, you know, like what kind of person you were, because I didn't actually listen to any of your podcasts or watch any of them. Um, but I did kind of look at a lot, like a few guests I looked at and uh -huh. I said, Oh, okay, this could be fun. <laughs> um, you know, so I didn't really see you per se and mm -hmm. I didn't see how you are, but this is kind of what your guides were telling me, you know, it's what your loved ones are telling me and your mom for sure is around a lot. Yeah. Um, and I don't know why the rose or the, the roses, but, um, I'm also getting that. So I don't, I, it may be an R name as well. Um, My dad's name was Robert. Okay. So the R name. Okay. That's Robert. You said, mm -hmm. in fact, they come from a long line of, of Roberts. <laughs> okay. I just wrote that down. Just so you know, I didn't have that down, but I was just getting it. So I wrote it down. <laughs> um, yeah. So Robert's also around. Okay. Um, 
Yeah, I don't know how we just got off track and did all this. But... <laughs> <laughs> My podcasts always go off track. <laughs> you know, and it's funny because what I get about your your wife, um, the K name. Mm -hmm. See, I can't even remember again what her name was Kelly. because I know you told me Kelly. Okay, but I didn't write it down. I need to write it down. I just had the K written down. Um, so it, it's interesting because I feel like your wife is like into this but she's not like the same into it as you are like it's a little different mm -hmm. um yeah and sometimes she's kind of like really <laughs> you know like, like come on <laughs> yeah, yeah she, she's she's kind of like, like like she's okay with um the psychics and, and, and you know and i've had i've even had some of my one of my guests give my wife a, a reading um his name was um uh, Robert Robert Milne was his name, and he gave my wife a, a reading, and he was super accurate, like like he was dead on, and she really cool. likes likes that part of it, but she doesn't yeah. like the um, the outrage, the more outrageous stuff I do, like the the aliens and people conjuring demons, and she's like, "Are you sure you should be doing that?" And I'm like. Uh, you know, people got to know. People got to know the truth. I'm just an interviewer, a channel, and she's like, "Do you, do you, don't, don't I don't want any demons showing up in the house." I, said, I got it under control. <laughs> yeah, and I don't blame her, and and I'm picking that up from her. Like, you know, she's okay with with a lot of what you do, but some of it, she's like, mm, "No, not so much." Yeah, but, yeah. but but I do think she trusts me. She 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 trusts that 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 I do actually have it under control. And if you know something happened, you know, I I could take care of it. I'm pretty confident. Maybe sometimes overconfident. You think? <laughs> <laughs> Remember before we talked about that ego? No. Yeah, yeah it's there. That's for sure. Huh. Um, I also get like an S or a C name. Uh, let's see. Hmm. Think about Kelly's side of the family as well. All right. Well, her her mom was a Kathy, but I don't know if it was spelled with a K or a C. Okay, I, I hear it the same. It doesn't matter. So it's either the C or the K sound. That yeah. Sound. Okay. So Kathy. So we're sitting here talking about your wife and I wrote down S or C because I'm getting stuff about her. So, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. And today's my wife's birthday, too. So maybe that's why you're picking up a lot of her energy. Interesting. Now I have to tell you something. So right before we right before we did this, um, I had a session with somebody that literally ended right before I, you know, went on the Zoom and I drew a birthday cake, you know, as one of my <laughs> items like I'm trying to find where it is. Okay, I'm not going to show you her name or anything, mm -hmm. but I'm going to show you. I wrote down February and birthday, and she was like, "You know, I have the birthday cake," and she's like, "No, that's not for me." And I said, "Well, you know, maybe it's for my next client." I didn't realize that your wife would be my next client. And, and I bought her, <laughs> and I bought her a birthday cake. <laughs> I was eating it right before I came. <laughs> So okay think back to remember one of the first things that i said was cake like a piece of cake i was like okay why did i say piece of cake 
Yeah. When was, you go back and you watch your your video there before I'll have you to post check it that. or whatever. Because yeah. yeah, I was eating. Uh, I didn't even like cut it. You know, I'm just sitting there with the fork eating the cake. Yep. <laughs> before the show, so mm-hmm. I gotta get some sugar in my body so I can uh, have a little bit of energy to do this. <laughs> Well, hopefully you gave her the cake before you started eating it. <laughs> I, I did. We ate, we started eating the cake last night. I, All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I actually held on. I didn't give her like a piece of cake with a, you know, like a couple of bites. To- <laughs> that would be funny, but no. It wouldn't, it wouldn't, it, she wouldn't be surprised by that though. <laughs> yeah. I don't, that's why I said that would be funny, but not a good idea. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I like. I can feel your wife's energy, and I like it. I like your wife. I yeah. think she is very supportive of you, and I think you guys have a good thing. Yeah, she is like super awesome. Like I've been, I'm, I'm lucky to have her as the wife. Sometimes I wonder, like, well, why did she pick me? Aw. <laughs> no, you guys are good together. Yeah, yeah, like- we, we balance each other out. I think she, she's the practical, logical. Hardworking person. Not that I'm not hardworking. I do actually. I'm super hardworking. Well, you have another. Jo- you have like a job. This isn't like your job. You have a job. I'm feeling so. I do. I make orange juice. <laughs> what? <laughs> I make orange juice for a living. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I put oranges in the machine, and, and the juice comes out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I know it's a weird job, but <laughs> that is a weird job. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Okay then. <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on. This was a blast. Oh, you're so welcome. Thanks for having me. It was fun. It was. I have to say, this is definitely a different podcast than what I'm used to. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't prepare anything, and I just wing it. And that's why I. I like the intuition, and I like the psychic stuff because I think it does help me produce a better podcast. Honestly, you know, I, yeah. I don't like coming on with a set questions. You know, I like. I love just following the energy and just seeing where things go. Yeah. I agree. I think it was good. It's natural. Yeah. Awesome. Thanks for taking the time to be on. Where can my listeners find you? I don't want to forget that. Um, so MelanieBarnum.com is my website. It's pretty easy. Um, also on Facebook and Instagram and, uh, you know, all those things. Um, social media, you can find me Melanie Barnum Psychic usually. Mm-hmm. And that'll pop up whatever. Um, I do a lot of things on Facebook, on my Facebook page. So definitely like my Facebook page. Um, I also obviously, you know, Get have a lot of books. I have a new book coming out, my eighth book, actually. And it's called Intuition at Work. So it kind of gets into, you know, putting your intuition to work for you, but also using your intuition to help you in your career mm-hmm. um, and to help guide you. Um, so it's kind of that crossover also for people that aren't sure that they believe in intuition, um, but that, you know, really want to get ahead. Uh, and so you can look me up on, you know, put my name into the internet. Obviously you can find me um, on Amazon, my books. I also have, um, I can't get to it, but psychic symbols, Oracle cards, um, which I've created. So they're all different. I should get like, a deck. Psych- Symbols. I have to get those because like, I'm, I'm really huge into to tarot cards. In fact, 
Yeah. I always keep a deck next to me when I'm doing interviews in case I need some kind of uh, direction to go. <laughs> yeah. Well, I do the same. So I have my deck next to me. Um, you know, <laughs> um, because I do like to pull cards and I like to not necessarily pull cards to do a reading, right. but to kind of sometimes help validate at the end of the session for people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's kind of like, like I just kind of meditate on it and see what comes up. Mm-hmm. Pretty cool. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I will post the links to all your sites in, in your Amazon page in the notes of this episode. So my listeners will be able to find you and uh, they can just, It'll all be there, so they don't have to go back and rewind and write stuff down. It'll just be in the notes. And uh, And this was a pleasure. Thank you so much for being on today. It was great to meet you. Thank you. you tell too. your wife happy birthday. I will. And just hang on for one second. I just got to play the outro. Okay. Thank you for listening to Everything Imaginable on KGRA Radio. You can reach Gary at everythingimaginable2020.com or email him at everythingimaginable2020 at gmail.com. He's also on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and LinkedIn. You can buy t-shirts, coffee mugs, and other merchandise to support the costs of producing this podcast. Click on the merchandise link at the top of his page, www.everythingimaginable2020.com. Oh yes, I almost forgot. You can buy his book, Enlightenment Guaranteed. It's the only book on Zen that you'll ever need, and it's on Amazon. It'll change your life, because remember, everything that exists was first imagined. Hey, if you loved what you listened to, don't forget, rate, review, and subscribe.